The Brutally Speaking podcast is proudly sponsored by Starving Artist Brewing. Starving Artist Brewing may be a small speck on Michigan's beer map, but they say big things come in small packages. A brewery who really puts their money where their mouth is, supporting underground artists far and wide. Making delicious beers with the simple belief that you should judge beer, not people. Brutally Speaking Podcast is proudly sponsored by Rockabilia.com. For over 30 years, Rockabilia has been the go-to destination for all things band merch. With over 500,000 items in their online store and collaborations with today's hottest bands, you're sure to find something you love. Use our code BREW10 at checkout and take 10% off your total order. So go pick up your favorite new piece of merch now over at rockabilia.com. Now, on to the show. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Brutally Speaking Podcast. I am your host, John, and this episode's guest is Brent Hines of Mastodon, Fiend Without a Face, and a handful of other bands that he has done over the course of his career. Uh, This was a really fun chat. It's a brief one, um, but I had received an email uh, basically stating that Fiend Without a Face was doing a tour, and kind of leapt at the opportunity to talk to Brent. Uh, he doesn't do much in the way of interviews really anymore. And so it really, really, really was a fucking crapshoot. I was like, I'm sending this email, but I know it's not going to pan out. And imagine my surprise when the next day the publicist hit me back and they're like, here's Brent's number. Give him a call. Uh, we'll do it at this time. I, I was shocked, honestly. Um, And it's funny that seven plus years into doing this show, you can still be surprised uh, at what happens just by simply asking. Um, I know I say all the time to just ask, just do the thing. You never know what's going to happen. And this is a prime example of that. I also want to say, forgive my voice. Uh, I am recording this uh, the day after going to see Metallica. Uh, at Ford Field, uh, the last date of their current run this year of the M72 uh, tour. Uh, it was really cool. Big shout out, huge shout out, actually, uh, to the homie Patrick uh, from Ice Nine Kills for hooking up tickets for my wife and I. Um, had amazing seats uh, to see the spectacle that is a Metallica show. Uh, I've <laughs> I've never gotten to see Metallica. Uh, usually, the band always announces tours with no support announced and then you know the fans buy up all the tickets and then the support gets announced and then you're like well fuck I would have gone to that show very famously that happened uh to me when they played here in Grand Rapids I think the last time they played Grand Rapids actually uh probably 15 plus years ago or more and they didn't announce the openers and then finally when they did it was Gojira and Lamb of God and I was kind of bummed. <laughs> I was really bummed because uh, I wanted to see both of those bands, especially because I think at the time I had not seen Gojira because uh, they weren't really touring in the States a ton at that point. So uh, all that said, <clears throat> it was crazy to see that stage set up, uh, to just see everyone playing in the round, uh, to see and hear 
I mean, how many people went to both nights? Like the people we were sitting near uh, asked us like, oh, were you here Friday to see Pantera and Mammoth and all that? And we weren't. And was a thing where you look around and you just like, there were legitimately people I saw. <laughs> like there was a gentleman I'm thinking of uh, that was wheelchair bound, looked like he was probably pushing 70 something, maybe 80. And I'm like, in my head, I'm like, are you really a Metallica fan? Are you here to see some one of these bands? Like, I just, I don't know. And there was a little bit of that throughout the whole night. Like, I was like, are you really, like, it doesn't seem like you would be a fan of any of the bands playing. But I think also speaks to just the the now, once in a generational type environment that Metallica is. Like, at this point, I feel like if you're a fan of the genre, even if you're not, I feel like you just, if you're a fan of live music, like, you have to go see it. And I gotta say, like, <clears throat> Outside of seeing Kanye uh, perform at uh, Soldier Field in Chicago for the Donda event, I was talking with my wife. I don't think I've seen a show in an, like a stadium like that. Like I don't think I've seen a stadium show. Like there's not many bands of that level that I want to see in a stadium. Um, and honestly, truth be told, there's not many artists who can play stadiums. Uh, so there is that as well, unless you're a pop act and. It was just crazy, like walking in hours before doors were like two hours before the show and getting in and just seeing this massive in the round stage in the middle of the fucking stadium. And also like the giant uh, LED screens kind of all around the stadium on the floor. So like, you know, it had the speakers and everything. It just is wild. Um, it's something I won't forget. Uh, and like I said, just huge thanks to Patrick. Uh for the generosity uh, of, of the tickets for my wife and I. Uh, definitely something I won't take for granted. Um, and also, for me, uh, having seen Patrick play in just about every size venue you possibly could play as a, as a band, uh, to see him go from basically 400 cap rooms and below to, you know, a fucking stadium. Uh, it's incredible. Uh, it's one of those things where, you know, I, I know the work that goes into it. And I kind of joked uh, recently on an Instagram post uh, that Patrick is allergic to days off and downtime. And I mean, I think that proves right there. That is what all the hard work and sacrifice goes to. It goes to playing and being handpicked to play for just one of the biggest bands of all time. And I'm not saying that's just because of Patrick, but like that is the work ethic and mentality of everyone in ice nine. Like, I've seen it. So it was crazy to see, to see that band, uh, on such a, a big stage, literally and figuratively. Um, <clears throat> incredible, incredible day. Uh, just seeing a friend do the thing at the highest level. Uh, Metallica, no joke. Uh, <clears throat> I remember texting doc, uh, coil cause he had just, uh, finished his run with ice nine, uh, and also did some of this Metallica run with the guys, and again, having never seen Metallica live, I texted him. I was like, dude, you can feel these fucking riffs. Like, I've never seen a band of that size where you can feel every down pick. You can feel everything that that band is playing. Um, not saying that other bands aren't playing live or whatever. That, that's a debate for a different time. But just to hear the attack on the guitars and on all the instruments, it just I've never seen a band or a show of that size where you really can hear that. And like at times, like I could differentiate the playing style, like who was, who was playing what chords and what riffs, because you could differentiate Kirk from James. 
And even during the solos, you could hear every note being picked. You could hear everything. And it just, to be in a, in a stadium and be able to feel that kind of rawness to the sound was, I've never seen it. It just, it was incredible. Um, can't say enough good things about uh, last night and just the time that we had. So, um, and I'm going to say the same thing about my chat with Brent, uh, just kind of getting to pick his brain a little bit uh, about so many things. Like, honestly, like I said, I hearing Brent's on Justice podcast over the years and, and a few other shows, I always enjoyed him. He's He just kind of is who he is. And how can you not love people like that who are just genuinely, authentically themselves? And yeah, that's what this was. So without further ado, and to also save my voice, uh, let's get into my conversation with Brent, and I'll talk to you all on the other side of it. It's exciting to see you're doing Fiend Without a Face and touring and all that, and I was kind of bummed that you're only doing the limited dates that you are, but I guess, what was the impetus for now being the time to come back and do some live shows with this project? Well, because Mastodon was going to take another two months off, and, and I can't do that. I can't take two months off of playing live music. I, I just decided that's not for me. I mean, I've done it, of course, before in the past, and uh, it just, I, I just... I don't, I don't, I need to be working. I'm, I have idle hands. <laughs> you know what they say about idle hands, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, I do. Uh, you know, when I saw the tour announcement, I honestly figured because it's just kind of the day and age we live in now, where when you see a tour announcement, there's usually new music or something kind of following it. Is it safe to say that there is something maybe on the horizon for some new Fiend Without a Face? Or is this just kind of a just wanting to do it and kind of revisit some uh, f- music that you don't get to play very often anymore? Well, there's both. There's both uh, uh, I wanted to get with Fiend because it's my favorite thing to do. And uh, and also, I, I, wrote an, I wrote an album over the uh, COVID thing, time, uh, the pandemic thing. I... I I wrote this country album, and and I'm going on tour with uh, Dirty B and the Boys and Fiend Without a Face. It's two acts, but it's the same band. You know, I, I just pull one one guy up for for Dirty B and the Boys, and uh, and that was that's Ryan Holderfield, and he's my other guitar player, slide guitar player. So uh, yeah, wrote this country album over the pandemic, and. Uh, just want to get out there and, and work it up live and and uh shooter jennings is playing a couple of songs on outlaw country so I, i'm just trying to just trying to keep busy but you know like i wrote a wrote an album so yeah i got some new material but it's not it's not being a lot of face stuff it's dirty b and the boys it's new all, all new stuff it's a new band but it's not a new band because it's being a lot of face playing in the band <laughs> It's funny, when I was listening to the last Fiend Without a Face record, I kept thinking to myself, this feels like what I used to think growing up, while growing up in the 80s, that this is what I thought bar bands were going to sound like. You know, everyone was just at this level of proficiency, and they were so good, and just cigarette smoking, and drinking beer, and shooting whiskey, and shit like that. And I feel like that's, it's, 
it's got to be the joy of kind of playing because I feel like that's the vibe you guys put out. But also I feel like it's kind of just loose and it's fun. And I feel like that's something that I'm kind of jealous that people that get to see this tour get to see it because I feel like you're this kind of penultimate bar band at this point. Well, I mean, this is, I, I haven't toured with Fiendal Out of Face and I've never toured with Dirty B and the boys. So we'll, uh, you know, We'll see what happens, you know, uh, what, 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 what the avenues this can open up and, and how I can get more on, get on the road more with, with, with this project, uh, being, you know, having both projects together. It's great. I got my keyboard player, Juan Loguera from, uh, Mastodon joined me. And if it weren't for him, really, we wouldn't really be able to pull it off as well as we're doing it because we need that kind of element. And, uh, so he's willing to, you know, slum it with me for lack of better words, for a little bit, you know. Uh, but you got to go to the, you know, start from the bottom, basically. We're just playing, you know, we're playing dive bars. We're driving ourselves in a van. It's it's, 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 it's very nostalgic and, and, like, you know, it's it's got this thing about it, kind of mystique, you know, that would, like, you know, that reminds you of your youth, you know. I feel like it's got to be a sort of nice like bookends of the the touring perspective for you where it's like you know mastodon is what it is but doing this kind of brings it all back to the love of creating and the love of playing music and just kind of getting back out there and kind of reestablishing maybe your why for lack of a better term totally yeah you're right i mean i mean i have i have such a longing to play to play music uh of any kind really but but mainly country music and surf music and and like and walkability and shit like i mean i really that's where i i think i shine better with my voice and my and my playing and my phrasing is more based on that type of music anyways and i just put it in a metal setting which kind of unorthodox which is you know uh so yeah i mean i just yeah i'm i'm, I'm glad to i'm 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 happy it's happening you know like um i've been wanting to do it for a long time but mastodon's kept me really busy for, for for years where I actually I couldn't get this together you know but when I met Juan I was like man we gotta like you gotta play with my other shit like it's more like because he it's kind of his his styling too like right like you, you're kind of like you, you love that shit I mean oh, yeah. uh, so I mean we're, we're basically getting like to our roots and our, our you know my my Appalachian roots that I you know I come from Alabama and uh and I, I grew up on this kind of music, so it's in my blood, you know, more than metal is. But I love, I love Mastodon, I love metal, you know. Uh, but you know, I just kind of eclectic, centric dude, I guess. Well, I think that's what makes for interesting art as a whole. Is you know, as a as approaching forty myself, it's one of those things where a lot of times on this podcast, a lot of times doing the podcast, a lot of people will be like, "Oh, you know, I just." Because you, you talk so much about hip-hop or R&B and stuff like that, that people are like, do you even really like metal? And it's like, I do, but like I, it can't always just be a singular focus on one thing. Like That's just so limiting. Like I don't know how people can live in such a, such a box, essentially. Man, it's, it's, arbit it's arbitrary, man. Like, I, can't be, I can't be boxed in. You know, I can't be pushed in a corner with that. I, I, I have to slap my dirty-ass squab wings you know i gotta get i mean i i gotta like you're saying earlier i gotta i gotta get i gotta get in the in that in that scene of of where where i came from and and and, and being at, at the level 
I am with Macedon is quite, um, it's, it's, it can be really arduous with the, uh, the downtime basically, you know, like, um, you know, we, we have, everybody does everything for us, you know, like, I don't, I don't have to do anything. I just, I just, you know, I'm on a tour bus. I sleep as long as I want. I, you know, go to catering and just hang out and then you play a show. It's like, I want to, I want to work, man. Like I'm, I'm, I come from a, a long line of people that work really hard for a living. And, uh, and you know, it's like, I, I, I have to fulfill that part of me, uh, working. I have to work to feel, to feel, to feel like I have worth. And I don't feel like I'm working. Yeah. Sorry. That's something I've actually been talking quite a bit about on the show is, you know, I think because you're a little bit older than I am, but I, I mean, I feel like people roughly our age range ish are, I just, the idea of retirement and the idea of being like stationary, I just don't think it's something that fits our, our lifestyles where it's like, once it happens, you just kind of become, I mean, yeah, like you just die. It seems like when the older generation would retire, they had nothing to do. And then they would just start dying off very quickly. And it's like, because you don't have a purpose, you're not working toward anything. Well, I mean, you just, uh, I mean, yeah, I, I know, I know what you mean. Uh, yeah. So I, I started, you know, feeling uh, a bit worthless because of how catered I was in the Mastodon camp, and and that's fine. We work really hard for the for the uh, the amenities and the pleasures that we have of you know on the road. It's quite luxurious, honestly. But like, that's not it is me. But I want to get back to the grit, and I want to get back and to the people and I want to get back to the clubs. You know, I, I just, I, 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 like I said, I just have this part of me. I feel like it's missing. I've, I've like, I've, I've missed something that's gone. Something that's missing for me is, is that, that, um, you know, and, and also the style of music and, uh, and, the, and the crowd of people that seen Let a Face and Dirty B and the Boys, um, attract is like bikers and, and, uh, cowboys and you know and saloons and whiskey and tequila and cigarettes and you know i mean like i you know i mean i'm only 49 years old i mean i i, I can't just take all this time off after a mastodon tour like sometimes we'll sometimes we'll take six months off and i'm like jesus what am i gonna do i'll just i'll just get on my chopper and ride to fucking texas you know i do shit like that like just go camp in the woods with me and like two other guys like or just i just try to fuck with motorcycles or, you know, any other passion, you know, any, any, any other passion, cars, motorcycles is where I was, where I tend to, uh, end up at when I have all that time off. But what I really want to be doing, even when I'm doing that kind of fulfilling something that I love, I'm still, all I'm thinking about is, is being on stage, playing guitar, not with Mastodon because I've done that my whole entire life, but I'm really thinking about putting my cowboy hat on and, and playing some country music and, uh, and, and, and playing surf music. And, you know, I, I, for some reason I, I'm able to come up with all this, uh, type of music, you know, original, original surf, original rockabilly, original country and, uh, type like eighties, like weird soul shit. Like, you know, like, uh, I don't know. It's just, I can't, I think it's just how I was raised, honestly. It's kind of funny you say all that because I feel like, and maybe I'm kind of, this isn't the lane necessarily, but I feel like 
you're kind of coming to the realization that this is something that you want and you're going to do it because you're just, you don't want to be stationary essentially for, for long. And I feel like this is either a byproduct of maybe therapy or like some psychedelics or, or some shit like that where you're, you came to the realization, like I'm meant to do this. Like I'm going to do this because it's what brings me the most joy, even though the thing that I'm most known for also brings me joy and also allows me these opportunities and freedoms to do such. But it's just, it's that listening to you talk, you know, these about these two projects, it sounds like there's a sense of where you just understand, like, you have to do it. It's not a if I can, it's I have to. It's a have to kind of thing. No, I mean, it's a have to thing. I mean, I booked the tour myself on my cell phone while I was on tour with Mastodon because I reached out to my Mastodon booking agent, Scott Sokol, and I said, hey, man, can you book a tour for me? And it was three months before... You know, I'm leaving. I, I, I'm leaving today for the tour. So um, I, I called my booking agent for Mastodon three months ago, and I'm like, "Hey, can you book me a tour for my new project, Dirty Bee and the Boys and Fiend Let a Face?" And uh, and he said, "No, I need six months' notice." And and so I, I was like, "Well, I'm giving you. I'm giving. Well, I was like, consider this your six months' notice, and this is a three month notice. And you know, I, I I was pretty disappointed that he couldn't uh, help me out, but you know, just purely out of spite which is uh, something that was really driving me to do this as well as, as well as really wanting to do this. I, I just, you know, just got on my phone and started calling clubs that I remember growing up playing in with Mastodon. And, uh, you know, and, and I, I, I hit the, I hit all these clubs a lot, you know, in, in the van days with Mastodon. So I got, I established relationships with all these people and I called the Siberia and I called well, Darwin. I called these places. I said, let me talk to the owner. I don't want to talk to the manager. I don't. I don't need your email. Let me talk to the owner of the club. And I and I, and I would say, hey, it's me, Brent from Mastodon. Hey, man, what's up, man? I ain't fucking talk to you in a while. I'm like, yeah, man. I got this project. I know you guys are probably booked on this day, but just let me know what you got going on, and just throw me on as the deadline or whatever, you know. And so that's how I kind of formulated the tour was uh, uh, through my past relationships and out of spite for my booking agent for Mastodon and also because I really, really, really wanted to do it. And also I could never fucking take two months off and sit on my ass or, or, you know, I mean, I, I, all I do is just when I, I just ride my chopper to these crazy chopper events and camp out and, and that's, you know, it, it's pretty arduous, you know, <laughs> like it, it, it rains and muddy and the chopper breaks down and yada, yada, blah, blah, blah. But I mean, that's a lot of fun too, but what I'm, all I'm thinking about the whole entire time and I'm doing that is like, man, I wish I was, on the road in a van with a, with a, with a, a buddy of mine sitting in the passenger seat, smoking a cigarette and just listening to fucking black Sabbath and just fucking going to the gig to do a sound check, you know, to get a cold Coors light or something. You're, you're kind of hitting on something I, I said just last week, actually, because it was my 39th birthday and a lot of my touring friends were here in town in Michigan. And, and, you know, a lot of people were like, what do you want to do? What do you want? And I just kept saying, I don't want things. I just want like, friendship and experiences and, and stuff like that and I felt like after last week was was so rich with new experiences like you know getting to go to the rave in Milwaukee and seeing the pool and kind of getting to see like all the history there and I was just like that's something you can't fucking buy like I just was like it's so hard to like quantify that to people and to like where it's like I don't need things I just want experiences and listening to you talk it's like you're where I was a week ago where I was like I don't I don't want things, man. I just want experiences and like, I just want things to be cool and to have cool friends and do cool shit. But like beyond that, it's like, I don't fucking need things anymore. 
You know what I really want most more than anything in the world? What's that? A good time. Absolutely. With my homies. I'm going to, because I don't want to keep you too too much longer, because I know you said you're on your way to the gym, but I did want to talk to you about this, because, uh, so I go to Atlanta at least once or twice a year. Uh, it's basically my favorite city in the U.S. that I've traveled to so far, and there's a spot I go to every single fucking day that I'm in Atlanta, and it's called Elmir, and I've seen a bunch of, like, Mastodon stuff. Oh, yeah. That's, that's, my, that's my clubhouse, bro. That's my, that's my office. That's my face. That's my Facebook. That's the ventricle. That's the main artery of, of Atlanta. That that I, I call Elmira Facebook. I mean, I don't I don't do Facebook, but if I ever if I if I ever want to hook up with my homies, I just go to Elmira and sit there for about ten minutes, and one of them will walk in the door. I'll hear him coming on his on his chopper, and I'll see him park next to mine. I'm like, what's up? Let's get out of here. Let's ride out to Delonica or something. Go to Motorheads or something. Yeah, yeah. That Elmira's the, the shit, bro. It's a it's a it's a staple. It's a must. It's absolutely a must. I mean, usually I make it there as soon as I land within, I swear, about 30 minutes of me landing. I'm there getting a Grizz, drinking, hanging out. And it's funny because the few times I've gone with other people, I have, now that I've gone enough to Atlanta where I have friends that are down there and they'll hit me up and they're like, are you at the spot? And I'm like, you already know where I'm at. So it's kind of funny to me, like, if you're in the know, that is your fucking go-to spot. That is where you meet everybody. And, like, when I try to explain to people, because they're like, why do you go there every single day? And I go, you just got to go. And then when you're there, you'll you will, you'll will either kind of understand why it is this fucking cool spot to go to every day, or you just won't get yeah. it. But, like, I feel like if you did get you see it. The commercial? And, what's that? Did you see that? Commercial? Did you see that commercial I did for him years ago? Like, probably 2007 or something. I, I did not. Yeah, Google get get on your Google computer and look up Brent Hines Elmir commercial. You'll 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 have a good time. Fair enough. Yeah, I mean I I know the owners. I know the I've known the owners. Uh, you know, I know everybody there. Like it's 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 like I'm Norm and that's Cheers. You know. Yeah, absolutely. I uh, it's funny. I had to explain to someone because they went to go sit at the uh, the regulars table and they were like, uh, I was like, no, you can't sit there. And they were like, what do you mean? I was like, you can't sit there, man. Yeah, yeah. I got, I got my parking spot. I got my parking spot and my table there. I mean, you probably see my pictures on the on the on the regular table, right? Um. Well, they have the one on one table up on the roof on on the ceiling, and then they have the other one underneath of it. Yeah. And then, are you on the first table yeah. or the second table? There's a bunch of photos, of both of them. Okay. Okay, I guess I haven't looked that much because usually I sit next to where the uh, the coat of arms essentially is between the bathrooms. Oh yeah, if you sit by the bathroom. Yeah. Yeah, I always sit there. That's my spot. Yeah, yeah that's Daryl's. That's Daryl Thompson. That's, that's Daryl Thompson's old spot right there. He was the guitar player for Peter Tosh, and he was a good friend of mine. That was his. That was his spot. He passed away a couple years ago. But uh, yeah, Elmira, man, crazy. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like I said, I haven't seen the photos, but like I said, I, I saw the Mastodon photo over the uh, the Crow's Nest area where the DJ spins, and I was like, I mean, I'm not surprised because you, the band, technically is all from Atlanta and lives there, so I wasn't surprised, but I don't, I never really knew if it was just like that's your spot or if it's just a spot like the band would go to after shows or something. Yeah, man, that's that's my that's my clubhouse, that's my office, but uh, um, yeah, Bill, Bill used to work there, and uh, you know, like we just we just. Those are just our homies, you know, like, I mean, Alex that owns the place and, uh, and it's just, and Jim and Alex and, 
and and they you know there's good buddies of ours always have good friends of ours and you know like alex rides an old 78 cb cb 750 no yeah i know he has an old gold wing yeah like a 70s gold wing yeah 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 i mean i mean it's just a great spot uh, i mean i can't you know i go on and on about over here i mean i've got officially a grizz tattoo because i had to get something to commemorate the uh the vibe of when we were going there and just feeling welcomed right out the gate Bro, you got to come down for the Grizz Olympics on uh, November I know, 19th. I know. It's the day after my wife's birthday, and we're already, we've got another trip planned. But one of these years, we're going to go, because as much as I know that I can put them away when I'm there, I definitely don't think I can put them in, away enough to uh, to do any competition with them. Well, it's not about how many, it's how fast. <laughs> well, yeah, I don't. <laughs> yeah, that too. I don't really drink them that fast. I mean, they do go down very quickly, but. I mean, you got to uh, slam them. Yeah, yeah, they got, yeah. They, got, they got another one now. It's called the 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 with the Motolita. It's, yeah. it's the Cadillac. Yeah, I had that one. Oh, the Cadillac. But uh, super good. Um, uh, I'm gonna be. Uh, I'm not gonna be able to make it this year either because I'll be down in South America with uh, Mastodon touring down there with Gojira on that Mega Monster sort of thing, which is gonna be awesome. You guys finally responded to the uh, "Come to Brazil" uh, Instagram comments. I see. <laughs> <laughs> I know we we joke about that a lot. Like, I put this Fino at a face thing on, you know, I put this tour on the internet, and it's like, come to Brazil. <laughs> Pay me. But, I'll be there. Yeah, yeah. I don't think, I don't, I don't think you know uh, how, I, like, I booked this on my iPhone, out of, like, you know, because I know club owners in America. I don't know any club owners in Brazil. If I did, I'd be calling them and, and going down. But when we are down there, me and uh, Juan are thinking about putting Fino at a face together with, because Juan, Juan is from uh, Yusifi, Brazil. And he knows and he's a, he's one of the finest musicians I've ever known, and uh, he he knows some other really great musicians down there. So we're thinking about putting Fiend Light of Face and Dirty B and the Boys together while we're on tour with Mastodon down there and doing some days off dates in Brazil, just because people are talking about it so much. So we're we're gonna try our hardest to fulfill the Brazil. <laughs> that needs to be a tour shirt if uh, if you do that. Yeah, that'll be the name of the tour. Well, I don't want to keep you too much, uh, much longer. I just want to say thank you so much for taking the time. Uh, you're someone that I've wanted to have on the show for quite a while. And I just think you are a very genuine person to yourself. And those are the kind of people I love talking to and connecting with. And I, and I just want to thank you so much for spending a couple, like 20 minutes with me on your way to the gym. Hey man, I'm, I'm honored. I appreciate it. I hadn't done an interview and years, and the last one I did, they didn't even air it because I called David Draymond on a Disturbed. I, I said some nefarious stuff, and I know they got like almost canceled or whatever. Fucking no. But hey, I, I, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Uh, you know, actually, I do have one last question for you. Are you still? I would assume you're still doing your uh, your carvings, aren't you? Yeah, man. I started to get a little bit of carpal tunnel, so I had to. I had to. I, had to, I, I didn't do it this year. Yeah, I, I, I get, I'm, I'm starting to get. Car I've been carving, you know, pretty much my whole life. So, and, and it's, it's my hands for, you know, through playing guitar all the time and, and riding, and uh, and uh, and just going to the gym and carving and playing guitar and riding choppers and shit. Like my hands started getting carpal tunnel, so I just, I gave one of it, one of my hobbies up, and that's carving. And uh, it's been really hot here this year, and the mosquitoes are horrible. So. I'm actually building a, a, a climate controlled garage, four car garage with a, with a, with a, uh, an intake 
uh, this system to to where a vacuum for the for the sawdust. So I'm going to get back to it because uh, I've been I've been you know I've, I've, I've commissioned I've done a lot of pieces for people. So you know they keep the orders don't stop coming in. I, I want to fulfill these orders, you know. So I want to do this. I want to like. I want to do it, but I, I kind of had to take a break from it. My hands were kind of crapping out on me. I might have to get that uh, carpal tunnel surgery. Mm. Well, that sucks, but it's good to hear that you're still doing it, and I, I just hadn't seen many of the postings of it in a while. So I wasn't sure if you were still actively doing it or if it was just kind of on the back burner. Yeah, the older I get, the less I post, you know? It's weird. I just don't... <laughs> I, I mean, just, same. You know, I'm just... Yeah, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know. I think it's... I just, I mean, I'm, I've just kind of used that platform for my, for my uh, music nowadays, and and you know, every once in a while, meet someone really awesome. Like last night, I was hanging out with King Buzzo, but I didn't get a photo because I didn't want to bother him. But, uh, but yeah, that would have went on my Instagram if I would have gotten a photo. I mean, if I can offer any advice as my last thing to you, I would say take the photo. Uh, I mean, someone. You know, probably same for you as well, uh, who has lost a lot of people or just, you know, wish you had the photo to look back on on a good time. I, I very much don't do the same thing. Uh, I don't take photos, but I, I'm starting to get in the habit where I will go out of my way to do it just so I have the memory captured. Right. But I mean, Buzz is a friend of mine and I got plenty of photos with him. I just wanted a recent one. And, you know, we were we were busy talking uh, about a booking agent that could help me out because, <laughs> you know, Buzz. Buzz, Buzz plays a lot of shows. He's, he's about to do 43 dates, and I was like, man, that's fucking road-dogging, bro. Like, I need your booking agent's info. So he gave me his booking agent's info, and I'm going to get up with him, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to road-dog it. Because I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a rambling man, and I need, to be, I need to be on the road to ramble. Absolutely, and, and I guess if you ever make your way up to Michigan, I, I'm sure you know enough contacts out here, but there's plenty of venues here in Grand Rapids that I can think of that would love to have you play, uh, either Fiend Without a Face or Dirty B and the Boys. Yeah, man, I'm, I'm definitely, this is just the first of many things that I'm about to endeavor on with this with these two projects uh, being joined together, so I don't have to, have, I mean, I, I, I open up for myself, you know, so it's like two hours set, yeah, but uh, it's a pleasure talking to you, brother. Absolutely. Well, enjoy the rest of your day, uh, and maybe I'll run into you at uh, Elmir, or we'll have a Grizz or a drink or something at that point. Uh, we'll have a Grizz, and we'll we'll see who wins. <laughs> it's probably going to be you. You got more practice. <laughs> All right. Well, it was a pleasure, my friend. So that was my quick conversation with Brents of Mastodon, of Fiend Without a Face. Uh, I want to thank him again for taking the time on his way to the gym. And honestly, I... Something about, you know, I had said in the, the intro uh, about how Brent is just one of those genuinely authentic people. And something that kind of really struck that with me during our conversation was, you know, Brent a while ago had kind of caught some shit for kind of basically talking about the, the grueling nature of tour. Uh, I was kind of reminded of it when I was kind of getting all the socials and, and all that kind of stuff, collecting all the information for the liner notes, the show notes uh, for this episode. And remembered Brent catching a lot of shit for, you know, basically saying like touring can kind of be grueling and it's hard and like all these things. And a bunch of other musicians uh, famously came out and kind of gave him some shit for it. And here we are all these years later. And, you know, Brent basically is like, I'm doing this whole theme without a face tour. I booked it all myself. I tried having some of my resources help me do it and they just didn't. And so I fucking did it. And it's like, you can say whatever you want. <clears throat> about, you know, 
how, what Brent may have said years ago about the rigors of touring and how it's grueling and all this kind of shit. But I guarantee you those same people that fired back at him for his taking his opinion. And, and I think touring is really hard. Like I, I don't know how people can be away from friends, family. Like, I think the big one for me would be my dog. Like, I just don't know how I'd be away from my dog for, for that long. And it becomes this thing though, that I wonder for every one of those people who shit on Brent for basically talking about how he experiences touring and how hard it is for him how many of those same people, if they wanted to book a tour, would just do it themselves because they didn't have the help or the access of ease to make something just happen? And I guarantee, I bet most of them wouldn't fucking do it. I bet the tour wouldn't happen. And I think, again, that just speaks to the genuine nature of Brent just basically being like, I'm a dude who loves playing music, I love jamming, I love doing this shit, and I'm gonna do it one way or another. Whether it be in Mastodon, I'm gonna do it in Feed Without a Face, it's just who I am and it's what I need to do. And to me, that is that speaks volumes. Um, I think, like I said, I think a lot of people in Brent's situation, if if the tour couldn't have been booked through some other means, I don't think the tour would have happened. It just would have waited until it could have. And Brent figured it out and did it all himself, and, and that is fucking commendable. Uh, I wish The Fiend Without a Face uh, stuff was coming a little bit closer, as you heard me say. I uh, would love to see the bands. I've uh, been listening to the the records a lot more recently, and just honestly, like, it just, it's a fun time. And to me, like, when you go see smaller kind of bar bands, like Fiend Without a Face kind of is at that level, I feel like that's just what the fucking vibe is. Have some, have some beers, have some whiskey, see a great fucking band. I mean, what more could you ask for? I mean, that's that's honestly <laughs> all you could ask for. Um, and then also, uh, as I've been doing kind of, I did it in the Brooks episode, um, but essentially Atlanta and Buffalo are like my two favorite cities to go travel to. And uh, ironically, we're going to Buffalo here in a couple of weeks, uh, my wife and I, to go see uh, Dice Today and Better Lovers Christmas show. And you know how much I love Atlanta, so had to extend some some love to Elmir, which is one of my favorite bars. I go there every single day. Every single day I'm in Atlanta, I'm there. Um, the hospitality, just the vibe, everything is, I don't know. It, you, I would love to tell you that it, it is these things, uh, but it is just something that if you have, till you go there, I, I can't explain it to you. Um and everyone I've taken there goes, oh, I get it now. It's it's just a fucking vibe, and it's a great one, and I love hanging there. they got great food. So if you are ever in Atlanta, if you ever find yourself in Atlanta, go to Little Five Points, go to Elmir, get a Grizz, and get some awesome Mexican food, and just fucking soak it all in. It is awesome. And if you're there in the summertime, go hang out in the fucking back parking lot area and go like drink outside. Uh, be outside and kind of do something you don't really get to do uh, at a lot of bars anymore uh, now that the pandemic's done. Um, and honestly, Little Five Points as a whole, that area is really rad. Uh, go to Southern Star Tattoo. Go get a tattoo by Maddie. If you do, tell him I sent you. Uh, but Little Five Points, that whole area is just a fucking awesome vibe. Uh, you could travel another like five, ten minutes, go over to East Atlanta, there's some spots over there, trophy room, like a bunch of other places that I love going to. Um, I can't speak highly enough of why I love Atlanta. I think it just is an interesting place. Everyone there is just kind of authentically themselves, very much like Brent. So it makes sense, you know, that him being from the South, uh, you, you pick up on that vibe. Um, so all that said, I'm going to start wrapping up this episode because I always uh, love getting the comments that the intro and outro are longer than the actual episode. 
So <laughs> without further ado, uh, if you'd like to keep up with Mastodon, uh, you can just go to mastodonrocks.com. That will have everything you need. Uh, obviously, it sounded like uh, Mastodon's kind of going to be on the back burner a little bit, um, probably at least for the rest of this year. Makes sense. Most of the industry is kind of shutting down. Uh, if you'd like to keep up with it on Facebook, it's Mastodon, uh, Instagram at Mastodon Rocks, and Twitter at Mastodon Music. If you'd like to keep up with uh, Fiend Without a Face, you can find them at Facebook with Fiend Without a Face Band, Instagram at Fiend.Without.A.Face. Um, I didn't find a Twitter for them, uh, so there's that. And if you'd like to keep up with Brent, you can find him at Behinds on Instagram. I could not find any other social media for him, uh, which probably is... That also tracks to me. <laughs> um, and if you'd like to keep up with this podcast, you can find us simple enough at Brewspeak Pod on all the major social media networks, podcasting forums, whatever. And uh, if you'd like to keep up with me, that's also in the show notes. Uh, if you'd like to email me with uh, either something about the show, a guest suggestion, you can email me at brutallyspeaking at gmail.com. I want to thank our show sponsors for continuing to support the show. Um, go support them if you can. Uh, Rockabilia, you know, the holidays are right around the corner. They're doing so many great collabs right now. So head on over to rockabilia.com, pick up something for you, for someone else, and use the code BRUTALLY at checkout and take 10% off your total purchase order. Thanks again to them. And Starving Artist Brewery, they are closed for the season, and uh, that makes me sad because I can't go and go get some beer, although I, I probably could. I probably could. I don't know if you can. <laughs> Uh, but they are working on delicious goodies uh, for the upcoming season and uh, very much looking forward to seeing what they're doing. They have been teasing some some really good beers over on their Instagram, so uh, go follow them. Go to starvingartist.beer. Keep up with everything that they've got going on. Uh, at worst, pick up a shirt. Uh, they have the slogan, Judge Beer, Not People, and uh, I think that is a, a great sentiment. And I love the, the shirt uh, that kind of goes with the sentiment, too. Um, I think in, in light of some of the beer controversies of this past uh, calendar year, uh, I think it's a great, great thing all across the board. So all that said, I'm going to get out of here. Uh, I can't wait for you guys to hear next week's episode. It is with Will Putney, a fit for an autopsy and better lovers. Also, he, you know, records amazing records with awesome bands uh, over at Graphic Nature uh, dude just got into pedals. Uh, there's, there's a whole bunch of stuff. Uh, that was a fun chat. I will talk to you all next week and enjoy the rest of your week. Talk to you then.